Hello, this is uh, Mark Dustin and Kevin Bauman in our show, Help Is Not On The Way. This is a show about uh, sort of uh, all sorts of interesting things, there are pe- predicaments and such that people have found themselves in throughout time and history, uh, whatever that may be, and and uh, well, hopefully with some luck they maybe even, maybe even got out of some of them. And um, help is not on the way, generally. Help, but right. yes, help, and, and if they got out of it. Right. It was generally that they did it themselves. They probably pulled it off on their own. Yep. To some degree. And this is episode three. This is episode three. Right. Yeah. And uh, and we've got uh, we've got a couple of really interesting ones today. Kevin, you've got something interesting. Yeah. Uh, Henry Johnson, the uh, one man army uh, in he was an African American soldier in uh, World War One, fighting, yeah. fighting in France. Interesting. Repelled a kind of a brigade of German soldiers by himself. Wow, that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, it does not sound like it was on the way. We have uh, another one later that's going to be a. Um, it's a story of. Do we call it a story of survival? It's it's a story of an attempt at survival. Right. Yeah, yes. not all. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's it's not always successful. It's true um, in this, in our stories. Yeah, help not sometimes help would have been required. Right, could really have right. helped. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about whether you know uh, whether people can do it or not, and, um, and yeah, we, we we said that no, you can't always do it. You might be capable of doing something that you didn't think you were capable of, but that does not mean you were able to like like it was did not mean the end did not come the finish line did not come a few right. feet past where you finished that's right yeah <laughs> fell just short you fell just it short. was a good try that last like bear at the end right. in, the, in the tunnel at the end of the hole like that's right that one, and that one's the one it got and 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 as as we'll see uh you know that that happens it can happen. That's right. You never and you never know when. Right. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's you get there and some sometimes the bear what you eat the bear and sometimes the bear, the bear eats, eats you. you. Right. <laughs> so uh, I'll I'll get started then um, with Henry Johnson. All right. He was a soldier in the first African American unit of the United States Army to engage in combat in World War One. I had to read that straight from Wikipedia because I can't remember how to say that exactly. But he basically he was he was a um, uh, five foot four, hundred thirty pound man. So not a large man. Yeah. He was born in five foot four, hundred thirty yeah, pounds. It, that's not large even. Yeah. I mean, he could take prints. Yes. But not by much. Not by much. No. Yeah. He was born uh, approximately. July 15th, 1892 in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Approximately because nobody's really sure. Apparently he used different uh, birth dates on different documents. But this is what he, this is what he said when he signed up for the military. Uh, he enlisted in 1917. Wow. And, uh, you know, as you might expect, uh, being a part of the uh, a uh, African-American um troop in the uh, U.S. Army mm. in the early 1900s, uh, you know, things weren't fair, to right. say the least. They basically had to clean things, toilets, mm-hmm. latrines, fix things. They were kind of um, ignored. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, this drove them nuts. They had to basically 
you know, fight to be able to fight. Now, now he was now at this point he's basically around eighteen, right? I think he said it is, but yeah, and cause yeah. World War I so has been going on since around nineteen fourteen. It's been three years. He's about uh, what twenty twenty five, but no, he's twenty five. Oh, twenty five. Wow. But I'll okay, be honest, when you look at the pictures wrong. of him that you can find on Wikipedia, I, he looks like he's sixteen. Uh huh. He looks really young. Wow. So who knows? Who knows That's what, true. you know, it's maybe he was date. born in 1900 and he was lying about it. So, yeah, I don't know. He, you know, they received little training because, again, I am, you know, white America was not um, going to give them uh, top billing. Uh, sure. Even though, obviously, you know, in a war... I would think you take whoever you can get. Well, and a war that's been going on, right. too. So this war has been going on for a few years, that's and they've right. already, you know, there's been many, many young folks have gone to slaughter already, yeah. and it's, you're probably not choosing the cream of the crop at this point. Mm-hmm. And if you are lucky to get someone who's healthy and fit right. and smart, you might want to give them a little a little yeah. leg up. Yeah. But no. Yeah. But not. No. So they eventually, they did the, they became the 300, after after several changes, they became the 369th Infantry that was loaned to France. Uh, the French needed help, and the French didn't have the same issues with race that we had, mm. whereas the white American soldiers didn't want to fight alongside black American soldiers. The French were more than happy to accept Whatever help they could get. The French get. were looking at this like the way the Americans were simply not saying right. any help is good help and yeah. thank you so much for offering it and we don't care. Perhaps if, you're here. if Nazis were invading America and on our shores and rushing ashore, maybe we would have changed our tune True. too. Maybe we would have said, hey, we anybody have, who can fight is welcome to join. We had the isolationist view. It technically still is someone else's problem. That's right. Technically, because it would yeah. be very hard to get across the ocean to get to us. Exactly. Although we do want to get over there and we, try to We felt this fairly out. safe, I think, you know, in, in that respect. They were uh, sent to uh, the Argonne Forest. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Basically, they were kind of on the front lines. And uh, it was uh, May 14th, 1918, that he... And Needham Roberts were on watch. That's another soldier. Yes, another yeah. from from the 369th. As their as their watch was coming to an end, uh, two uh, other soldiers came to relieve them. But uh, Johnson and Roberts didn't feel comfortable. They, these were kind of junior soldiers that were coming, and they thought these guys can't do mm. it by themselves. So they went above and beyond and stayed extra. And I yeah. and these guys are exhausted already. They've been uh, on patrol or whatever. They're it's at night and yeah. they're taking turns sleeping. From what I understand, so yeah, they're tired. Uh, but at, at some point, they start hearing noises, and uh, Henry is saying uh, to Needham, "You know, you need to wake up mm-hmm. because if you don't wake up, you might not ever wake this up." This is going to be yeah. yeah. And uh, eventually they just start tossing hand grenades out into the trees, uh, assuming that something's out there. And, and, as, and it's <laughs> true. unfriendly, yeah, hopefully. That, yeah. that something is not, you know, some goats or whatever. It's, <laughs> right. it's, it's German soldiers. Not sure exactly how many, but it's probably in the neighborhood of two to three dozen. Wow. And uh, they... And, and this is pitch black. Like, we have to remember that this is... The forest in Europe, there's no light. Right. Like, you know, you're it's not. Dark. Maybe if you're lucky, there's a moon. Maybe. Right. 
but you're it's in pitch black. I mean, imagine how scary in every direction. You probably don't you can't trust any direction probably yeah. no. at that point. And you're just standing there in the darkness waiting for what's coming. Right. Throwing grenades. Exactly. And the Germans do. They start to fire. And so uh, Johnson suggests that Roberts run back and get reinforcements. Right. So he starts running, but uh, quickly turns back and decides he's just got to stay and help fight because, you know, it's three guys versus Two to three dozen. But again, you're running through the dark woods. Right. You you like you're quote unquote running. You yeah. Know what I mean, he, you're 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 like blind in a closet, trying to get through this. Don't want to slam into a tree. Obviously, he can just pick up the cell phone and yeah. push nine one one. Right. You or know, tries even maybe he's had yeah. a flashlight or exactly. Did they have? Yeah. It's a, oh my goodness. Can you and how scary. Uh, he gets uh, Roberts gets hit by shrapnel from a grenade, so oh. he's injured. He's he's down. He's down. He's he's conscious, so he's helping uh, as best he can, and he's basically tossing grenades to Johnson, who's throwing them at the Germans. <laughs> so it's kind of you know like like the kid down in the in the snowball fort, you know, tossing the snowballs up to the dude with the awesome arm, so he can pick off the enemies. But um, Johnson Johnson's you know he runs out of ammo, mm. and the Germans just. They just overwhelm. Yeah, they yeah. overrun him. There, he and, and in every other instance, that's it. That's End right. Of story. Yeah, story of wasn't a story. We never even knew what happened. And I'm not it. sure. You know, I mean, it's this is one of those times where things could have really turned out differently. Yeah, this story easily could have been one that we don't tell. Things because, always turned out right. Different. This is the one of those stories that it always turns. That's out right. The, the only reason we're telling this story is because he somehow survived. Yeah. And not only did he, did he survive, but he, as after running out of ammunition, he, he took his soldier and he used the butt of the gun. I mean, took his um, rifle and used the butt of uh-huh. the rifle to beat the Germans over the head, hit him in the face uh, until the uh, gun broke. And then he just started fighting hand-to-hand combat. You know, ever like what, what your mind goes to, because we're so conditioned to see fight scenes in movies, is some elegant, you know, sort of James Bond-ish moment here. But this was probably so primal and so desperate and so just like really probably just, I mean, just like a battle to the death but in the way that we don't really see it anymore, you right. know, we don't really see it in our minds because we're conditioned, like I said, for films and stuff and everything to be choreographed. This is just a this is just an all out right. This scratch is, their eyes out to survive moment. This isn't like Captain America it's Marvel not, this movie, is not. you know. <laughs> this, is, this, this is this is not. this is he is CGI. He he either succeeds or he dies. Yeah. I mean that's pretty yeah. much the the this the way this goes. There's two outcomes, and he uh, is shot. Multiple times in the head, in the side, in the arm. Oh um, he's stabbed by bayonets twice, mm-hmm. and still continues to fight. He's hit over the head and knocked down, uh, down into uh, the foxhole or the trench or whatever they're in. And he climbs back out and just continues fighting these guys hand to hand. It's incredible. Uh, as he's doing and this, adre- the adrenaline rush. He does have a knife. He has a big knife. Uh, that the American soldiers had, even though he was fighting for the French and they were using all the French equipment, he does resort to some of the uh, American gear. So at one point, he, when he runs out of ammunition, he tries to put American bullets in. Oh, okay. Apparently, uh, you know, obviously he hasn't tried this in the past because right. it doesn't work. Right. 
Um, yeah. So the gun is useless. He's out of ammo. This is uh, like this is like the modern day equivalent of like not having the right charger. Right. Exactly. Anybody anybody have an iPhone charger? Does anyone have the re- the correct charger for this phone? So he's he's he uses his knife um, that he he stabs a couple guys with it. Kills kills multiple so, um, German soldiers. Then he notices that the Germans are are dragging Roberts away. They're going to take him prisoner. So he has to go rescue Roberts uh, in this in this fight, uh, which lasts approximately an hour. An hour. An I mean, hour. yeah. Can you imagine how long an hour felt? I don't know. I mean, maybe it went really fast, or maybe it seemed like a year. I'm not really sure. I, you, what doing happens. anything for an hour? Pretty much doing anything like physical for an hour. You go ride your bike for an hour, you're tired. Most people don't do CrossFit for an hour. I don't Most think, people right? do CrossFit for an hour. Right. It's like a flipping half an hour tires right. for an hour. He uh, he's wounded 21 times. I mean, it's you know, uh, injuries all over his body. Stabbed, shot. Um, he ends up with a metal plate in his foot. Oh I mean, he's got goodness. just just a whole host of things. He ends up um, being nicknamed the Black Death by the French. So he survives this thing, yes. and he cr- he and Robert crawl out, and the other two guys who we haven't heard, we don't know anything about these guys, right? Nothing about them. There's there's no mention really about them other than they came and they didn't trust they could do the job. Yeah. So yeah, um, those. Like you want to like who wants to be those guys? Right. Like the guys who didn't even do enough. That's right. In but, this hor if you did anything, you've got to get a mention. You kill three guys or even help. Right. You got it because Needham's getting a mention, and right. he was lying there almost unconscious, tossing grenades. Could you imagine you're you're the uh, ans- ancestors or uh, descendants of of one of these other the other ancillary guy. characters, so and you're I like, heard your family member was a part of the whole. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, but they went no, on. They weren't either of those guys. Have you heard about the World War One hero, Henry Johnson? Oh, yeah. is that your grandfather? No. No. But my grandfather was there. He was there. He's one of the unnamed. What was your grandfather doing? There are conflicting stories. Right. Uh, he told several stories throughout his life. That's right. Uh,. Uh, uh. <laughs> right. It ranges from cowering hey, in fear this, to is, oh, is oh, is this, you know like is, oh, was that cake? Can I have some cake? Like right. trying to change the subject. That's right. <laughs> no, we were talking about your grandfather. That's though. right. Oh yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about Henry Johnson. Let's talk right? about Henry Johnson. <laughs> right. Yeah. See, so he he um, it's estimated uh, after walking walking the scene uh, the next day that he killed four to six and wounded twenty four plus oh, Germans by himself. He, he earned the nickname the Black Death from the French. Um, his whole unit became known as the Harlem Hellfighters for their, because they had so many from Harlem. Oh, yeah. Okay. And there are some yeah. articles um, in the New York Times archives about the, the Harlem um, Hellfighters. Uh, he was awarded the Croix de Guerre, which is the military cross from the French, and, mm-hmm. which Roberts also received, but... Uh, Johnson had his with a special citation and a military palm. So it's kind of like for, you know, extraordinary bravery. And the other, and the other two guys presumably just got like participant ribbons, right? Just, just right. Just Some, little, I was there. Participant, a little t-shirt. Yes. I survived. The, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, they did uh, the battle of, of Henry Johnson, I think is what they, they ended up naming the bridge. I survived the battle of Henry Johnson. Yeah, exactly. And all I have to show for it is this t-shirt. Uh, this t-shirt. Needham and Johnson were the first Americans to receive that award. He, uh, at, you know, unfortunately 
when he returned to America. Uh, I mean, it did start out well. Oh, this isn't. They go did well. have a parade that went stretched for seven miles. Okay. Um, they were recognized. There were lots of stories. He was in the in the news. It was always kind of though. Um, you know, there was one headline or one one article. I there was a quote was something like, "And we must not forget what the Negro American also oh, contributed." Gosh, as you know, I mean, like, oh. yes, he he may have been black, but he was able to do something. That typical too. backhanded comment, yes, a backhanded exactly. compliment that's like, you know. Oh, just slap to the face while telling you. Right. Yeah. Thanks for helping out. Yeah. We shouldn't forget. Right. Thanks for helping. Um, I'm not going to pay you. Right. Uh, (laughs) He, you know, his awards came most from the U.S. I mean, the French obviously gave him the award uh, while he was alive, but the other awards came posthumously, which was the Distinguished Service Cross in 2002. The Purple Heart was given to him by Bill Clinton in 1996. Hmm. And the Medal of Honor by um, President Obama in 2015. He'd, Around 80 years-ish later, right. 80 plus years later. Long he, after he had passed away. And he's dead. Yes. And he did have a son, and his son was able to be there good. to um, you know, uh, accept some of the awards in his honor. That's good. That's good. Um, it, there were other um, you know, military veterans who also you know, came to receive the awards. So and when he was back, came back to America, he, I mean, so he, you say that he got some honors, he got some, he got, got, got some press. Yep. Um, but did this roll into in a successful career in At first anything? it did. At first he was paid to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, uh, so, so I've read, I don't, I don't have any, you know, a firm thing stating this, but apparently he was charging up to a hundred dollars a minute, Wow, which is huge. Right. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a ton of money. However, it didn't last because what people, what he was being paid to talk about was, you know, his heroism mm. and how awesome the Americans were and he's supposed to regale the, the probably yeah. largely white audience with uh, tales about, you know, the American fighting machine and right. the, the black and the white fighting together and, and tow the patriotic lines yes, to sort exactly. of talk, talk about, a, you know, talk about his heroics, but also talk about how, you know, in the great, in the great country of America, how someone like him, you know, could, could love his country so much all glazed, you know, that right. he would be willing to do something like this and fight for his country when, in fact, he's probably marginalized right. at every make, turn. Make the audience members feel good about yeah. themselves and their country. Right. As opposed to telling the truth, which was that they were treated terribly right. and basically given to the French uh, to fight um, for another country. And... He, and having uh, in, set, in, in a sense sort of saying that it's not that he didn't love his country and it's not that he didn't, you know, you know, obviously, you know, grow up here and there probably were some positive things about his life, but not, but saying in a sense that what I accomplished was more in spite of right what I was given, the That's tools right. I was given by this country rather than because of the tools that That's this right. country gave. Yeah. I mean, his, his training was inadequate. Um, you, you know, they were not, uh fighting with the rest of the American military. Which is deplorable, but at the same time, it also makes his accomplishment that much more incredible because it's not like you have this Navy SEAL, highly trained, 
you know, surgical strike guy who know who's basically become been broken down and built back up into a machine. Instead, it's this guy from what North Carolina who's just dropped in here, kind of like any every man. Right. And good luck, and exactly. you know, whatever you got, you get, and that's what you're gonna do. I mean, it, he, it's an underdog story for sure. Yeah. You know, and uh, he succeeded. He eventually did tell. Uh, a story about the abuse that uh, the African-American soldiers suffered, mm-hmm. you know, at the hands of their white soldiers and uh, how they refused to share the trenches. And so he eventually uh, lost his speaking gig. Yeah, that, was, uh, that did not go over well. Which was then followed by he was arrested uh, for wearing his uniform beyond the prescribed date of his commission. Mm. Uh, so, you know... Which I'm sure was, you know, these things were kind of all tied to his race. Yeah. You know, I absolutely. mean, were the white Americans being arrested for wearing their uniform beyond the prescribed date of their commission? I, I don't know. I yeah, it's, it's possible, but I'm kind of doubting it. He did. Uh, they probably, there probably were cases of it, but I doubt it was a hero. Right. A, you know, someone who is who clearly sure. came back with it with her, heroism, right? Painted all over them, and if if I mean, there probably was some sort of Rambo esque drifter who gets picked right. up and he's and he gets in trouble. But I mean, we're talking about a guy who was he here. violated the unwritten agreement of his, you know, speaking engagement yeah. and his role which in the military, stay, stay which in was line. yes, exactly. He he. Uh, Suffered from tuberculosis and eventually died of myocarditis in 1929. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at 37 years old, approximately, not not that long after uh, you know his his time in the military. At uh, a really young age. At I mean, a, yes, at a young age, sure. and he died in poverty and obscurity. Yeah, um, yeah, that's tragic. It is tragic. He has this great quote though that. Uh, I kind of want to end this with, which was he was he was a pretty humble guy, and he generally had to be prodded to talk about what he did. Um, and this is what he said about it. Uh, there wasn't anything so fine about it. I just fought for my life. A rabbit would have done that, which I think is kind of goes back to what we've talked about in you know in the past, which is it's uh, can you do it? Right. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just did what I had to do. There wasn't, I didn't plan to join the military, um, be treated poorly, not get trained, and then be sent to fight for the French, and then uh, end up fighting two to three dozen Germans by myself in hand-to-hand combat. Well, and, 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 and exactly, and, and what it says, you know, it's true, we have mentioned this before, because you really find yourself in a situation where you're, you know, if something like this, some, 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 something extraordinary happens to you, and you, you or you, you survive something extraordinary, the average person who hears the story will say, whatever that story may be, you know, um, the average person who hears the story will say, well, I couldn't have done it, but it's, it's exactly the thing. The person that you're saying this to couldn't have done it either, except they did. They had to, right. and they did. So exactly, you, you know, it, it folds into the, you didn't. Well, no. I mean, if, if someone says, "Hey, you want to go do this today, right. this afternoon?" I'd say, "No, I can't do that." But if I was there and I've got no option, right? Maybe, maybe I can. You how many? Know. How many soldiers died in World War One? Right? Yeah. I mean, the number is extraordinary. And how many? 
died fighting less than two to three dozen Germans by themselves. How many? How many stepped out of a trench and were right. shot immediately? Exactly. You know? I mean, before they even because they were sent over the breach. Yeah, right. it's unbelievable. So it, it it's you know it's extraordinary and it's amazing. But he was very humble about it, mm-hmm. and you know it fully admits that he. He just did what he had to do at that moment, which was just fight for his survival. Yeah, yeah. What I love about this story and, and, and this episode is the fact that your story is about this great, amazing sense of somebody who was completely unprepared for something, set there, they were they were put in a, an insane situation, and they came out of it and they survived. And it's a very serious, very heart-wrenching story that also is inspiring. Conversely... My story to this week is kind of pretty much, I would say it's pretty much exactly the opposite of your story. So, yeah, like... like my story, instead of the guy who goes over and, 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 then, and, and does something extraordinary and comes home and is sort of just marginalized and left on the fringes, my story is about a bunch of guys who go do something that they're supposedly overprepared for and don't really come out of it even remotely as successful as your guy did and uh and but and yet there are statues about these these gentlemen so not underdogs overdogs not, not yeah not treated poorly <laughs> is it an overdog not is an underprepared massive failures treated like heroes yes <laughs> yes different color skin that's for sure. Yeah. Also, a different country. This is a story uh, about the Burke Wills expedition in Australia, and it takes place in uh, 1860. This is really really cool because um, th- this is one of those moments in history that probably w- should could easily have worked and just didn't really in the way it was planned out. The the um, the the government had decided that they wanted to run a telegraph cable from Melbourne, Australia to the Northern Territories because um, recently uh, some telegraph lines had been uh, had been connected to Europe and they knew that Melbourne, which had been a gold rush city, was you know kind of on the cusp of becoming a really, really dominant city and it really needed this to communicate outward to Europe. So they'd been trying for, this committee had been formed, they'd been trying for years to get someone the qualified person to go up there with a with a group and, and 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 really just map the territory. They weren't even actually trying to run the line yet. They were just trying to figure out where they were going to run the line because it's a lot of it's the the outback and and at the time, other than the Aborigine people, the the coastal you know sort of white settlers, they didn't really know the inland territories at all. And you know that there had been a lot of explorers, obviously prior to these guys. Oh yeah, and. Uh, Lewis and Clark, you know, a uh, huge expedition that comes to mind. And I would imagine even in without mass communication, word of those types of things probably got to Australia yeah. and these guys, right? And exploring was always like a really sexy thing. I mean, you look at, you watch Indiana Jones and I mean, it's not, it's not that it isn't, it was, there was a cool thing. It was sure. like, that was a way to get fame and honor yeah. and, and really ultimately money and mm-hmm. especially in places like the UK and um and australia and other things and even here it was a great you know i mean you want to be a hero and to be known that's how you did it that's That's one of the great ways to do it and a really cool thing to do but but although uh, you know sort of lewis and clark it's dangerous out there without a doubt but australia's got some dangers that are and australia's like almost everything wants to kill you yes yeah and it was didn't it kind of start as a penal colony 
Yes. And I, I kind In of fact, think... So like the Australian itself for white settlers was trying to be killed or left to be left, you know. Right. And it's... So I don't... You know, it's obviously it's not like, hey, let's send people we dislike to the most friendly, yeah. awesome, habitable place yeah. on the planet. It was yeah, kind of right. like... But uh, Greece. Right, yeah. Barbados sounds so, nice. I mean, I, you know, I don't know this for sure, but I'm I'm thinking maybe, uh, you know, uh, these these creatures that want to kill you or, or or not that want to kill you, but will kill you. They will. Right. You know, this is this has been long been known. Yes. And there's and I mean, it's not just creatures, it's plants. It's I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, if you even go in the water, the jellyfish will kill you, sharks, everything wants to eat you. That's you know? right. So these so these, th- there's been a, um, a fun setup of $2,000, I'm, I'm sorry, 2,000 pounds. It's a reward to try to find somebody to do this, and nobody will do it, mostly because the committee itself, who has several explorers on it, they're, they, they're capable, but they fight each other, kind of in a sense all wanting to do it or not wanting the other guy to do it, and they don't like each other, so basically they're at a standstill. Finally, somewhere along the line, they decide um, in, in 1860, as I said, to, to, uh, that they found some people, they're going to do it. And, they're gonna, and they hire this guy named Robert Burke to, shoot, to run the expedition. And this other gentleman named William Wills is going to be the surveyor. So it's the Burke-Wills expedition now. Um, the problem is that Burke, who was born in Ireland and was an ex-officer in the Austrian army and had no familiarity whatsoever with the Australian outback. You would think, now, history is riddled with stories like this. The last guy for the job gets the job. I mean, it's the failing upwards thing, right? So, um, Will. Middle middle management. Middle management, right right there. It's your boss. This is what they come up with. So, Wills, who has a much better understanding of bushcraft, uh, and in Australia, we know that the outback is is known as the bush, Um, uh, he's much more capable, but, uh, but Burke is the leader and Burke is not a good leader uh, and he ultimately has the final say on everything so the expedition starts out it is bloated and overconfident from the from the get-go they um, they collect in re, in Royal Park in Melbourne on August 20th 1960 and there's a crowd that's gathered of 15,000 people to see this expedition off so this is no small thing right um, the caravan um, consists of, of, of 19 men, 23 horses, six wagons, and 23 camels. And there is an oil painting of the day that was actually sort of like mapped out, you know, mapped out and painted uh, based on the day. And it just, I mean, the people have come out in their finest clothes. It looks very regal and heroic and, you know, it looks like it's already a success at this point. So the wagons are lined up and they as i said there are six wagons but um there are three more than there should be because for a couple of reasons first they have so much equipment and supplies they've got a table and chairs to sit and dine they've got a chinese gong i don't know what i don't know what that's for i can't even think of what that was for um uh they've got oh and they've decided instead of the traditional way of exploring which would be to to uh, drive cattle along with you and slaughter them along the way to eat. They've decided to try this new thing called carrying with them dried beef, which required them to take three extra wagons with them to carry this along instead of the cattle themselves. I, you know, I think 
this seems like um, the perfect expedition to try out a bunch of new things. Let's try some new stuff. Like, you new know, technology. I, I, this committee, do you think they're thinking, wow, this is going to be a smashing success? Or are they all like, how do I, right. you know, how do I get my name off of this thing? Because this is a... Well, or you wonder if some guy on the committee's got a line on the beef. He's got invested right. in this dried beef business, oh, which has right. got... Maybe there's got a, a, he got a contract. If he comes back... If Burke comes back having with all with the success in the dried beef thing, we're golden. Right. We got a new thing going here. This is fantastic. We this is the kind of branding we need for our dried beef, and our square right. wagon wheels. Let's do that. Let's and, think. And our know, gong. And our gong. The Chinese. Right. Gong. It would have cornered the market on the Chinese right. gong. The Chinese gong market. This expedition is sponsored by George's Chinese, Chinese gong. gongs. Yeah. Randy's Chinese gongs. Right. <laughs> So the expedition starts off. Um, oh, and by the way, one of the committee members, apparently someone with a little bit of uh, foresight, says to Burke, "Hey, man, why don't I? I've got a little outpost up here. Whatever. Why don't I? Why don't I bring all this stuff up to you, and so you don't have to carry it all this way? We'll send a, a bunch of people with a lot of this, and we'll meet you part way because you got a long way to go before they sort of leave the known territories." We'll meet you part way. You have to drag all this up. We'll, we'll do it, and we'll drop it for you, and you can pick it up, and then you can keep going on your way. And Burke, I mean Burke says, "No, I'm good. I got it. I got this." And um, so he leaves Melbourne Park, um, uh, all loaded down, and of course, uh, oh, and 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 they're bringing about twenty tons worth of stuff. By the way, now think about that like in six wagons. Six wagons with twenty tons that have to go over unknown. So it's uh, like th- over three tons of wagon. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and one of the wagons breaks down before they leave the park. So is this foreshadowing? I think it might be foreshadowing. I think so. I think this was a sign. Everyone's cheering, cheering, and then it's just oh. Yeah, yeah. The sign from God is not all the people who shut up. It's the wagon that broke down before you even left the park. So literally, the wheels started to come off. Literally, right? The wheels start to come off this thing before. Before they exactly before they leave town. Before even made it out of the park. Much less town. They didn't make it out of town. The first night, they sleep within the city limits. That's how... And now they left at like four in the afternoon, which again, what was that about? You know, they couldn't find their shoes or... <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. A last minute, last That's minute, right. last minute things. Yeah. Where did I put my shoes? I d- exactly. I don't... Doesn't everyone leave at dawn? I mean, isn't that like a thing? You leave at dawn. Generally, that's... You don't leave at four in the afternoon. Especially if, you know, I mean, I would think you'd want to get out of sight of the massive crowd... True. ...on your first day. Absolutely. It's a little embarrassing. Like, if the wheels fall off the next day, but nobody sees it... It's... So, I mean, in a sense, you want to get at least far away from the cheers... That's right. ...to be... Before you... Start fire, put up a tent and start a fire right. to sit around. Yeah, yeah. people wa- walking past you, right, to get home. Yeah, while you're camped, <laughs> hey, you're camped, your expedition. Dad, to aren't, the aren't those aren't those those guys we just saw? That <laughs> those look a lot like. Right. Yeah. Those once that oil painting is done, I'm gonna double check. That's I'm gonna right. Check. I can't remember by by memory. When that oil painting's, I'm, I'm pretty see sure. I'm pretty sure that's the same. There's guys. a bunch of camels. I mean, I don't know. It's usually not like like six wagons with twenty tons in them, like in my neighborhood. Right. Like, I don't a know. bunch of camels yeah. and benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So they they leave the town. Eventually, they do move along. Um, but 
you know, again, we're 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 we're, we're walking. There, it's the wheels are coming off. Right, there's so many signs this is going badly. So right away, pretty soon, right after they leave, they begin. They realize that they um have to start leaving. They've got too much stuff. They start leaving provisions behind. Um, they start with some sugar and lime juice and guns and ammunition. Um, they're dropping it. They they start to have to limit. They decide they're going to limit the personal luggage to thirty pounds per person, um, and 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 perhaps the most damning thing in the moment is um, that Burke decides he's going to dump sixty gallons of rum, uh, which which fa- fantastically and I don't really understand what this is about because l- l- there's this guy named Landells who was the second in command on the journey and probably would have been the Burke Landells except L- Land you know expedition except that Landell had the foresight to go uh, I'm super upset that you're dumping the rum we feed it to the camels apparently they thought it it warded off scurvy and Landells leaves the expedition along with the expedition's surgeon these these were smart smart men. Landell's uh, name's not on the expedition. That's right. He's a smart man. Except, yeah. are there any Landell statues? No. Good but point. he probably also. There might be. I guess there could be. There could be. He maybe he's the statue of the guy right. who. It's like here's the tur- smartest man the in the way. expedition. Yeah, there's a there's a statue of Burke and a statue of Landell right. looking very healthy and confident walking, away. walking the other way and and maybe Burke standing arrogantly That's pointing right. north right <laughs> dumping rum right dumping rum i mean camels a, standing around looking thirsty limiting limiting the amount of luggage you can bring on a trip after you have left after you've left seems like you have not prepared well. You've not thought this through very well, right? I mean, they're, they're so they're 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 rolling down the road at one mile per hour because they have three ton wagons, yeah, and throwing their provisions Just out tossing. the back, right? Yeah, you're dry, you and the you and your wife are headed yes. on the trip, and you get out of the driveway. You make it maybe just out just outside of town. Let's say you make it the first, which has happened. You look at each other and go, "Honey, we've got way too much yes. stuff." Yes, that well, is happening. What can we get rid of? Right. Eh, we don't need this. What's in why this bag? Bring, I don't know. Why did we bring six volleyballs? Right. I don't know. I don't yeah. know why we brought six volleyballs. Yes. Let's throw five of them away. Right. This is not the way to start off a journey. No. No. Absolutely not. And not so, when you're going thousands of miles in the absolutely. outback. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just over. And, and then, I mean, and they didn't really. I mean, they knew what was at the other end of the journey, right? The ocean, because yeah. that's where they're going. But yeah. They didn't really, obviously, this is a mapping expedition. They're not really too sure about what they're going to encounter. You know you're going to run into rocks and bushes and, like, you know, like, cracked earth and... Rattlesnakes. Rattlesnakes and and things that you have to navigate. You're going to have to, like, slowly move wagons like you saw, like you see in any, you know, any sort of American expedition. Move them slowly through some of these things and... And but yeah, they don't, you know it's going to be tough. They don't know if there's like canyons or rivers. They don't know. Rapids. They don't know. Waterfalls. No. Giant lakes. Uh-uh. Right? All I mean, things I would like to have a lot of rum with right. me to have to deal with. Exactly. To navigate. Yeah. Can um, you imagine what, what the men on this, and I'm, I'm assuming it was all men. Yes. Uh, on this expedition were thinking as they watched the rum get. They were thinking there's like it goes our rum. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that was, I mean, that's how 
you know, you know, sort of sailors survive for years. Oh, yeah. Then rum was a little, usually typically a little more watered down than you, you would t- call rum today. But yes, that would be how a sailor, they, they would drink it because they, the water would go bad. Oh, yeah, right. Or the beer, they drink beer and, and, and because, yeah, the water would actually go pungent and, and spoil. And right. so that would, that would last longer. So, um, so they're watching, yeah, they're watching, they're watching this continue to devolve. And, right. and, and they don't probably have many options. And the guy at the front, maybe they're starting to slowly figure out this guy. But a couple of people do leave. In fact, there's actually so they. This is actually the the the, the next point. And that in two months they had traveled 470 miles. Now that's significant because it's a distance that the mail coach, um, the normal mail coach, does in just over a week. So and does that that same route, by the way. Not like it's like they haven't actually left known civilization yet. right so they haven't conquered any new territory nothing's gone so they could have asked the mailman to... conquered their fear of leaving things behind that's what they have that's right. what they've done which they clearly had in the beginning and 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 at this point also 15 members of the original party of 19 have already quit or been fired and they now have eight added eight men so there's now fewer of them overall who who joins this expedition at this point right mm-hmm Good, the guys leaving are like, yeah, yeah. Okay, They're good like luck with that one. You yeah. do not want to do this. Right. Oh, I think I got this. Yeah. I think you. It's your fault. We, we're, right. I, I, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. Right. I'm gonna be all right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. like. I like going places without any rum and no lime juice. Right. <laughs> just... So I and you know they they should have just asked the mailman to make this journey. Apparently, they should have mailed themselves. Yeah. Exactly. They could have mailed the rum. They could have mailed the sugar. That's right. And the ammunition. Yeah. And this would have helped them out, which they were offered to do in a, in a sense, and they chose not to. Um, so another skilled explorer decides he wants to join the race because, of course, there's, this, there's a bounty. Right. He's going to make 2,000 pounds if he makes it. So now the pressure is really on, and Burke now has to push through. He can't do this bloated, slow-moving thing. It's really got to get serious. 400 miles in two months isn't going to cut it. So he splits up the group uh, and to gain speed and to reach a, a place called Cooper Creek. Um, and that's pretty much the end of where the known territories that's ever been mapped or, or, or explored by white settlers um, uh, ends. And so he dashes ahead to Cooper Creek. Um, he grabs a couple of people and some of their supplies. He leaves the bulk of the group behind, but they're going to follow, but they're going to sort of take longer. This... this strategy makes no sense to me because is he going to go all the way to the end without the rest of the people and without the supplies right right so he's going to rush ahead and then just sit around waiting i think his intention is to get to cooper creek and then either have the 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 well because he has to keep going to get to cooper creek and then stage again from there and then try to push to the north hoping that when he turns around and gets back to cooper creek all that stuff has made it there, okay. and then they get they get they get to eat. You know? I mean, you, the, it was making zero sense to me. But then I thought, I don't know. Everything about this makes zero sense at this point. So maybe he really was. Maybe that he knew dumb. something we I, don't. Yeah, maybe I there was know. some stuff. Uh, so he so he go so the so he moves on and um, and he makes it to Cooper Creek in uh, the 11th of November, which is about three and a half months after. Leaving Melbourne, so they've traveled about 850 miles in three and a half months. And so he sped a, up slightly. He's gone another yeah. 
similar distance in, in a couple weeks less. It's made a significant difference. Okay. Yeah, because it's less people and they're right. moving a lot faster. Yeah, absolutely. So he makes there and then he sets up camp. Uh, and of course, and again, another of the likes, this is a, maybe something is off here. Uh, the camp that he sets up is overrun by rats and they have to move camp. Uh, it's still in Cooper Creek. Um, they So then they decide they're going to wait. Now it's November. They said they're going to wait until March. Because let's not forget that the, the seasons in Australia, we're up in, in North America, but in the seasons in Australia reversed. So it's now summer in one of the hottest places in this entire country. It can be up to 122 degrees. And in, so again, the strategy shade. makes no sense. Like I'm going to rush ahead so I can just sit so around. Wait. Yeah. Right. Then it really, you're right, you're right. At that point, you're just, what were you thinking? Completely. Right, why not just stay with the expedition yeah, with the and rest. go slow? We can lumber along. Right. We got plenty of time anyway. Yeah. And, and, and so they, they um, he's, so, but, but he doesn't wait. He, he, re, he must have done your math and says, this doesn't make any sense. Right. So I'm going to push on. <laughs> but what he does is he leaves a select, again, he splits up the group. They're headed towards the Gulf of Carpinteria, which is in northern Australia, and he and he splits up the group and leaves a contingent back at Cooper Creek, and he and um, uh, uh, three other guys um, head north. He leaves this guy named um, Brahe with, uh, back, and he sets off to uh, and Brahe is his his instructions are to wait three months, and if we don't come back, we're probably not going back. So um, Burke tells Brahe this, and Burke takes off with, he took off with, I think it was four other guys, um, Wills, King, Gray, and himself. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just those four. And so he leaves the, the provision, most of the provisions back and takes off. And, and, and as he's leaving, Wills, who's the more experienced guy, turns around and sort of sneaks back to, uh, um, to Brahe and says, make it four months. I was going to say, I mean, Burke sounds like the eternal optimist for no good reason. I mean, like you took how long to go 800 miles and you think you're going to do the rest of this journey out and back in three months? Absolutely. Yeah. He's completely, he's obviously delusional. He really, he thinks he's looking for the glory and, and the glory is in doing it whatever, in whatever his brain you know the gymnastics his brain you know sort of turns this into for himself to be the most glorious three months not going to happen wills says make it four months so they start to move on and apparently they find that it's actually wasn't really hard moving they're a little lighter on their feet the spring rains were pretty heavy so there's water the aborigines they they weren't sure whether they were going to be friendly or not but they turn out to be friendly enough and let them pass and by February, they have now made it to a small river that is that leads them into the Gulf of Carpinteria. But it's all swampland and marshland. And Burke and Wills, uh, they can't move. They're, they're just, so did the one thing they not bring was like a boat? They didn't bring a boat. They do have six camels with them, but they don't have a boat. I mean, like not even a canoe? They didn't have a canoe. I mean, what I mean, you, you probably hollow out a canoe at this time. Wouldn't you think that it's possible we might encounter water? No. 
<laughs> Oddly, yes, because part of the expedition was an attempt to dis- dis- discern whether there was an inland ocean in the middle of Australia. And yet they brought no watercraft. Nothing for water. <laughs> they didn't. No, they didn't bring anything. No. They, maybe, they they, a, maybe they brought a paddle. They brought how many tons? 20 tons? 20 what tons and, and nothing to and float that floats. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring something. I, would, I think the floating thing would... You, you even get an airplane uh, right. you get something that floats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Today, but that's modern thinking. Yes. This is this is 1860. People weren't thinking about that kind of thing back then. <laughs> At least they weren't. They certainly were not. <laughs> um, so uh, Burke and Wills try to push on through the marshland, and they and they do, um, uh, and they make it about 15 miles, and it's just they just can't keep going. There's no way. And I don't know at this point how far they are from the actual coast, but it's not far. I mean, they must be within. 30 miles because I, what's what was the total distance from of this I, I, it's something like a thousand miles it's it's okay. maybe a little more than that uh 1200 miles it's okay. significant yeah um uh so they so they they turn back and meet the now they meet the the folks at the beginning of the marshland they, the guys at the beginning of the marshland they left behind and um because they're almost out of food now and then and they have less they've now ru- run down to less than half what they need what they left with. So, in other words, it took them more provisions to get up there than they need to get back. Right. They've gone past the halfway point, and it's uh, and they need to go back backwards two months to get back to Cooper Creek with who and Brahe, who's sitting there with all of the supplies. So to make matters worse, they're traveling back now in the fall because they've walked all the way through the summer in the 122 degree heat. And um, it's now become rainy monsoon season in the North Tropics in Australia. And is it now muddy? Muddy. Back, okay. Rainy, lashing rain, wind. Um, not, I mean, I can't say it's every day, but it is right. the season for it. And, um, and they've begun to shoot and eat the camels on their way and a horse. They're beginning to abandon yet more equipment. And, um, and they start eating a local plant. Uh, which they uh, they have learned from the Aborigines that they can eat, but we'll find out later that they they're sort of eating it wrong, and that's mm, causing them more right. problems than they realize. The, the ab- Aboriginals maybe were thinking everybody knows that you have to prepare it this way. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And it's so like, maybe it's they like just like don't fugu, tell them. You know, fugu. Yeah. If you yeah. don't prepare it properly, you might not. Right. Yeah. So they also eat. Uh, they find and eat an eleven-pound python, which I think is pretty that speaks to what what, what your needs uh, right. in the whoosh um burke and another man named gray come down with dysentery and um and then and shortly after gray's caught stealing so burke beats him relentlessly just stealing 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 food okay to eat i was i was Sorry. thinking like he's just loading up his pockets he's with stuff and stuff <laughs> right. his pocket watch his watch hey, where's my watch what's what's why why do your pockets look so big uh, it's just stuff i brought with me <laughs> i had a gold chain right. anyone seen my gold chain i hung it on this tree branch while right. i was while i was sleeping overnight <laughs> everyone turn out your pockets right. it's gray <laughs> Beat him! I had that with me the whole time. He's stealing, I brought, I brought one that looked just like yours. I meant to say something about it. <laughs> I just forgot. Right. <laughs> I kept it in my pocket. Was it me? Um, so he's caught stealing food, clearly, and uh, and he's beaten and beaten to within an inch of his life, and 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 he actually does uh, die shortly after. Although 
uh, Burke is not blamed for Gray's death, but I have a feeling it had something to do with it. may have contributed. May have contributed. So the party makes it back um, to Cooper Creek on April 21st. Now, they left like a November 11th or something like that, or somewhere around there. And so it's been quite a while. Uh, oh, it's been 18 weeks after they left, as a matter of fact. And um, as fate would have it, Brahe, who waited even longer than the four months, that longer than the three months, and longer than the four months that he was told to wait, uh, has left because he was running low on supplies and he himself was not feeling so well, possibly having scurvy or something, but he has left nine hours before Burke and Wills show up back. At so, the camp. you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's like he just left. I mean, when you he take this left. whole trip from beginning to end, yeah, it's like... Yeah, seven minutes. You yeah. just missed this you, guy. You might as well be nine minutes because right. it's nine hours. Exactly. You've gone and I for... mean, considering how slow they are able to move, he, he's probably not very far away, right? He's probably not. Now, Burke and Wills are, and, 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 uh, and King, who's with them as well, they're pretty beat up. But right. yeah, you're right. Not, it's, 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 an, in, not an, it's not a huge amount of distance in time, considering. Yeah. Probably a few miles. Probably. I mean, maybe they made it 20 miles. I don't know. I don't know. 20. I don't know. But it's yeah, not far. Not far. So, but despite this, um, <clears throat> Burke uh, um, decides that they are going to um, walk in a different direction. I mean, do they have anything left at this point? Are they? So... What happens now, they're pretty much out of everything and they're really wiped out. So, um, um, uh, uh, Burke had, Brahe has done, had taken the, uh, the steps of leaving some provisions behind, just hoping maybe they'll come, maybe they'll show back up. And what he's done is he's buried, he's, he's dug a hole and buried provisions, covered it over, and then marked in a tree the date and, um, and the words and the word dig. He seems like a much smarter man. But he may have. And, yeah. He might very well have. It's possible that he and Wills may have done this if Burke. If that's what they all would have done it if Burke had not been uh, heading this thing. Right. Yeah. Because they do seem pretty thought. You know, intelligent when it comes to this sort of thing. And 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 Burke does see that there's this 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 carving on the tree, and they dig up the food, and um and now they have some provisions. Um, but despite as I mentioned, despite wills and king begging uh burke decides no 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 we're not going to follow them we're not going to go after them we're going to go somewhere else where we know that we believe we know there's a station out there a camp of some sort that's manned and we're going to head there instead in a different direction um so they start uh so they they're about to start off but before they do they decide oh, okay what we're going to do here is we're going to leave our own note to them if the case they come back so they in the hole where they dug up the provisions they write a note that says hey we've gone in a different direction this is where we're going we're going to go up cooper creek and we're going to go to this station and wills uh kind of secretly leaves his diary and his notebooks there because he doesn't want brooke to know that some of what he wrote in there and um and they bury this over and they leave um uh Unfortunately, they make a massive error. They don't change the marking on the tree. So 
everything if you were to come back into this camp looks exactly the way it was that as you left it right so you would have no idea that so we'll see how that plays out right they are now up cooper creek they're up cooper (laughs) up cooper creek without a paddle right or a canoe they got nothing (laughs) and and so so um uh, so Wills is out of camp uh, as they, they walk for a while and Wills is out of camp for a while and Burke in his continued um, genius he he shoots at a, uh, a, a group of aborigines who are coming too close he doesn't hurt any but uh, pretty much assuring that they will not help because that's that's the only I mean, there are aboriginal tribes around and, and they have been somewhat helpful or at least friendly so this is his idea of a good move I think what, whatever he thinks he should do the opposite Right. Yes, that's what he should definitely do. And 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 in addition to this, um, he they also build what's called a whirly, which is sort of it's just a lean-to kind of like shelter made out of whatever branches and things like that. And they build it, and they and they use it to cover their provisions, but they build it too close to their fire, and the whirly catches on fire and burns <laughs> up several of much of their provisions. Yes. Yes. I I'm mean, not making this up. It, it shouldn't surprise me right it shouldn't surprise you it shouldn't surprise you so um so brahe who is headed back runs into that party we mentioned earlier the first one who were left furthest behind who's sort of slowly lumbering its way up and and uh and brahe and 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 the man who's running who's in charge of that party named Wright, bump into each other and uh and decide they're going to turn around because they now have provisions and they're going to go back to Cooper Creek and see if they can, if they get lucky and these, and, and these guys are, are back there. Um, at this point now, Wright, who, who, um, who's leading the, the bigger expedition following, he, we, we will, we, turns out he gets himself in a lot of trouble because of all the people in all of this, he's the one who's the vilified the most because he, took too long to follow so he's, he was the one that they left behind yes first first and then the there Brady. was this, right and then there was the second group yeah Brady, right. that they also left behind that's okay. right and he gets called careless and lazy after everything and, and and really just just sort of like takes the brunt of all of this uh uh after the fact but but they head back up to cooper creek and they arrive up there on may 8th um, at this time, Burke and Wills and King, uh, who are together and traveling, have already headed in the wrong direction and are about 35 miles away. But, as I mentioned, they've not, they did not change the markings on the tree. So the returning rescuers have no idea they've even been there. No idea. So they, um, uh, they turn around and they, head, they go, oh, well, too bad. They didn't get here. We did it. Yeah. We walked all the way back yep. and, you know, this is, there's no way. So they could have, there's a lot of things that could have gone right here. A they could have changed the marking. Yep. They could have just stayed there. Could've just stayed there. They could have headed in the direction the other, and they would have run into they them. They would have bumped right into them. Right. Yeah. Would have slammed right into them. Absolutely. did just yeah. enough. Just enough. Wrong. Yep. To, to do what's going right. to, to do to himself. What's going to happen to him? <laughs> um, and so incidentally, by the way, this tree is still there. It's uh, it's called the dig tree, and it's actually a really famous tree in Australia. You can actually see it today. There's plaques and things like that. Nice. So in, um, in late June, 
the three guys, our three, uh, uh, Burke, Wills, and King, are still traveling up Cooper Creek. Now, they've run into problems because there's uh, it's tough going, um, and they're looking for an aboriginal campsite. Wills has become too weak to walk. He can't do anymore. So he insists on being left behind, and Burke and King continue on for a couple days, but Burke, it's not long before Burke can't move, go any further either. So, so Burke dies. King, who's with Burke, stays with his body for a couple days, but then and walks back to where Wills was and finds Wills dead. So King uh, does end up coming across a group of Aborigines, and they're called the um, the Yandruwandu, and they do give him shelter and food, and um, and and he survives. He is found later that year in September by a, a search party that's that's sent out to look for, for them for the lost explorers and. And, and, and at this point, now we're over a year after the expedition left Royal so the, Park in Melbourne. When, so when did, uh, when did they die? This is... He died probably in uh, June-ish, June. Okay, so the search party was able to get there. <laughs> really fast. Uh, right. Uh, Maybe they must relative, have, they compared the to mail, them, they right? They the mail wagon. Man. There was a lot of people that could have done this a lot better, I think. This is like, this is like, this is, this is insane. This is like sending your, like sending you out on your search bike. You're just sending you walking downtown and, and the rest of us, we're going to drive. Right. But you're the one that's supposed to go downtown. That's right. I, I have to really have to go there. I'm going to wait for you there and pick you up, pick you up as you're hungry and starving. I'm convinced that this this crowd of 15,000 or whatever at the, at the launch of this expedition and the committee, as soon as they were out of town, they were like, they're screwed. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was people walking home. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this they're is never not going to make it. Well. Yeah. It's a good point. You have to kind of wonder where some of those people there are going, yeah, that wagon looks a little, a little heavy. Doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, the guy's wearing like a. I've never a done an expedition, but I'm thinking that's not looking good. <laughs> this this Bert guy, he's got a ca- walking. He's got a cane, you what's, know. And what's that gong about? <laughs> what's the gong? <laughs> really? <laughs> um, so so they do find um, Burke and Will's body later, and they bury them. Oh, this 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 search party does, and and they do bury them, and and but later they are dug up. I don't know exactly when and. And moved back to Melbourne, and uh, and and King um, is taken back to Melbourne. But the trip is grueling. I mean, he's just he's just really not in a healthy place and physically, and so and he never really recovers. And he dies eleven years later at, at the age of only thirty three. So he's about twenty two on this journey. Um, the expedition uh, wasn't like an entire failure. It did prove that there was no inland ocean because they didn't need they their didn't boat. Know. Right. Yeah. And. Um, and uh, and they and they did map and, and learn a lot more about the Australian outback, which is interesting. And and but but what what really sort of circles us back to you know your story is that is that he is that there are statues of these guys. These right. guys are not. There's no. They're not laughing stocks. At least don't seem to be. Right. Because they are. They're. It's a well-known expedition. There are statues in Melbourne Park that they in Royal Park where they left, and others around. It's extremely well known, and they magnificent. There's there were there's a coin, a commemorative coin, two thousand nine, one hundred and fifty years after the expedition. Um, uh, uh, and these guys are, are are heroes. And the last thing I'll mention about this is that is the whole plant thing. So 
remember they were eating this plant that the aborigine they they learned from the aborigines well it it's it's a it's a type of seed cake made from a particular plant but if it's not prepared correctly like if the if the seeds aren't ground before you eat it into this little cake or whatever then what actually happens you have to grind it to a paste first um uh the nourishing effects are not actually absorbed by your body and so instead as you eat the shell or something of the seed um uh has an enzyme that actually depletes the body's vitamin b and the result which was was documented in some of the comments i think that king wrote down um was is that you you feel completely full like you just ate plenty and yet you are becoming weaker and weaker and weaker and eventually die so our magnificent expedition turns is 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 upended by complete you know mismanagement and a plant that uh that apparently if you eat it wrong it kills you instead of feeds you and you're a hero and you're a hero it's it's amazing it's it's like you know uh hillary and norgay uh get to the top everest yeah you know um but we build statues to the three guys that got halfway up and died halfway up and died right yeah. well and it's not and you know i i can get it that you got that you you know what hey you know the weather turned something happened but all almost all of this was in, within their control did did somebody did the, how about this other guy that joined the race oh late did he make it you know i don't know who because i wonder like did somebody did somebody get there and then they didn't get statues i think it was like years and years, years okay. and years before they actually ran this telegraph cable yeah. so i think this whole thing ended up sort of being for naught ultimately in the end as as it turns out i mean they did maybe they were like it. you know we can just get in a boat and we can just sail around to the other side let's do that instead yeah, yeah. we can't lose this many we don't have we can't keep making statues no right we exactly. don't have the money exactly we're gonna go broke making statues and, and the amount of rum that was wasted the rum alone yes we can't keep doing this no. we're throwing good money after bad right let's just stay down here in melbourne we got a good thing i'm very glad that you found this lost um manuscript from the never produced um movie by uh um who's my favorite uh um Life of Brian and oh 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 yeah. oh, oh, oh yeah 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 the uh, Monty Python right, right. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm so glad Terry you Gilliam. found the lost Monty Python script uh. <laughs> it's like this it's like the, it's like when the yeah when the um what uh there the episode where the uh the scene where the um the the the, the accountants in the office building and the, it turns into a ship and they all turn into pirates right you know, it's like that yeah totally yeah it's 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 totally you know the holy grail yes yeah, it is just, like, absolutely yeah that like with the killer rabbit i the, mean it's just yeah the teeth yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> and the swallow an african or european swallow <laughs> right <laughs> that's true i mean it is you know i i'm sure that um if you were to talk to somebody who you know maybe an australian who who celebrates these figures sure i don't know there's a holiday maybe i don't know right, right. Like maybe take every maybe the Tuesday off. maybe the way that they would see it is a little different than the way we see it it's because i see it as a comedy of errors yes. just one thing after i mean they couldn't get out of the park without maybe i found the maybe all the resources i used to explore this were the were like 
the ones that the Australians have not sort of certified. Right. I mean, this is just sort of like, ah, this is trickled down. People talk in actual fact. Right. It went really, really well. This was magnificent. Yes. It was magnificence at every step. Perhaps. Yeah. These things were out of their control. That's right. Who could have known? Who could have known that any decision other than walking the other direction would have worked out? Right. Who who would have known that you needed to put your provisions eight feet away from a fire in their tinder dry right. shelter? Who would have thought to bring some kind of, you know, water hmm. navigational who device? Who thought to bring some kind of less? Right. <laughs> who would have thought? Who would have to thought not a, bring all this sugar? Who would have thought that bringing a gong was a waste of space? A gong? Right. Who doesn't bring a gong? Right. I bring a gong. You I'm know, going out later. I'm going to bring a gong. Maybe we would find out that all Australian expeditions brought a gong. Maybe it's a thing. Right. Maybe it's maybe it's a really important thing. Maybe we're missing that. That's you, right. I think you're right. It's all about cultural perspective. Maybe right. we're missing a huge point here. Yeah. I do wonder that because, it, I mean, it seems so, so absurd, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It feels and like yet, it's really I mean, absurd. from beginning to end, every, every single thing about it seems absurd. Like it was destined to failure when, before they even picked Burke and Wills. Yes. Right? I mean, it seems like... The committee the, couldn't even get along. Yeah. 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 So it seems like from that moment on... It was doomed to to failure, and yet they end up with statues and and Henry Johnson dies a pauper, right? An unknown, uh, to, uh, except for to the French, yeah. And uh, and is 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 has to wait eighty years for his right after he's dead. They yes. finally are like you know this well, guy was pretty good. Technically, that's what happened to our guys. Too. That's true. It was after they were dead. <laughs> <laughs> After they were dead, right. everyone realized how great they were. Right. Despite all of the things right. that happened that led up to their deaths. Right, because they didn't even survive their event. You don't know what you got till it's gone. That's right. In the case of Henry Johnson, a great hero, a heroic human being. In the case of Brick and Willis, super nice guys. Right. Super cool well, dudes. I mean, was Burke really a nice guy? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go with yes. Yes. We'll give him that. He's a really nice guy. Right. Totally known to be a really nice guy. Naive. Unprepared. Yeah. Doesn't make you not nice. That's right. I know a lot of naive people who are really nice. That's right. We'll just go with nice. <laughs> and on that note, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we'll be back again. And um, have you looked at any new stories? Because I've, I've got- already... I already got one in mind. Ooh, I've got I've got one or two. I've, I've got them circling a few really interesting ones. Yes. Some uh, some new territory, some different things. Some... Yeah. I'm going to go with something really heartbreaking. Mm. Make Good. people cry because yeah. you get the funny ones. I want to bring them down out of this one. Yeah. yeah. I want a funny one too. Yeah.